Today we will discuss a growing epidemic in the United States. According to a recent Institute of Medicine report, preterm birth has increased by 30% over the past 25 years. Birth before 37 completed weeks now comprises 12.5% of all U.S. births and poses a major public health problem and expense. Why is the rate of prematurity increasing even as the standard of living goes up? You are listening to ReachMD, XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Michael Benson. Our guest today is Dr. Jay Imes, who's a nationally recognized expert on preterm labor. He is a Frederick Zuspan Professor of Obstetrics and Gynecology and Vice Chair of the Department at Ohio State University College of Medicine and Public Health. With hundreds of publications in the medical literature, he is a member of the Steering Committee for the Maternal Fetal Medicine Network of the National Institute of Child Health and Human Development. Welcome, Dr. Eames. Thank you. We're pleased to have you on the show. In a broad overview, can you break down the preterm birth rates in the U.S. by ethnic group? Yes. The overall rate, as you said, has climbed to about 12.5%. And the uh, breakdown by ethnic group is really notable for the marked difference among African Americans, really compared to everybody else. The rate for African Americans overall is about 17 to 18% compared to about 9 or 10% for Asians, uh, 10 or 11 for Caucasians. Hispanics are right about that same level, and American Indians are a little bit higher at 12 to 13%. So out of the uh, five ethnic groups that you just described, basically four out of five have the same rate, but the preterm birth rate for African Americans is almost somewhere between one in five and one in six of every baby born. Is that correct? That's right. That's uh, remarkable. I certainly had no idea. Is a higher rate of preterm birth among African Americans caused by lack of access to obstetrical care? Well, there certainly is a component of of access to care that uh, influences the high rates among African American women, but it's not the major reason, somewhat to most people's surprise. When African American women receive adequate and early prenatal care, when they are well-educated or when they are doing extremely well economically, have access to anything that anybody else might have despite the disadvantages that African Americans often have. The rates are still elevated, uh, so much so that perhaps the best way to point this out is to say that a well-educated, affluent African American woman has the same rate of preterm birth as uh, a poor white woman with less than an eighth grade education. Uh, That's a very striking thing. As a matter of fact, that leads to another question. Why don't we discuss some of the demographic or medical risk factors for preterm birth? I take it education may be one factor and economic situation may be another, or are they really related in one factor? I think it's fair to say that they are related to the rates of preterm birth because the rates do decline as the educational level and income of the mother rise regardless of race but they remain elevated even for women with other risk factors. So they're probably more thought of as uh, markers of risk, but they aren't really the reason for the increased risk. The traditional medical reasons account for about one-third of preterm births, things such as high blood pressure, diabetes in the mother, various uh, causes of uh, bleeding in pregnancy, such as when the placenta separates prematurely, things of that nature. Those conditions account for about 4% of the 12% plus that we rate that we talked about. In terms of these uh, medical conditions, certainly premature separation of the placenta would uh, result in a delivery uh, with or without medical intervention. 
But what about hypertension and diabetes? Do those result directly in a premature birth, or do the medical conditions worsen so that the physicians feel they need to induce labor and, and thereby essentially shorten pregnancy? Mostly the latter, that the conditions, uh, especially hypertension, can be difficult to control. Uh, the rule of thumb I always use is that it, diabetes as a cause of problems later in pregnancy tends to be a condition that fights fair. That is, if you control the blood sugar, the outcomes can be the same, really, as somebody who uh, does not have diabetes. You have to take very, very close control of the diabetic woman, and, and she has to con- participate and control her blood sugars. But if you really play the game aggressively, you'll win that game with uh, women with diabetes. On the other hand, uh, high blood pressure in pregnancy is a condition that really does not fight fair. A pregnant woman who has chronic hypertension or develops hypertension during pregnancy, who does everything the doctor asks and the doctor who does everything right, still don't create a situation where they're in control of the outcome. Blood pressure problems do tend to lead to a number of different issues, such as baby who's smaller than expected, sometimes early onset of labor, so that, uh, or an acute rise in blood pressure so that the only option is to deliver the woman for her own sake and for the baby's sake. So that's a condition where you really are not in control like, like you can be in uh, the well-controlled woman with, uh, with diabetes. Do we even know have any idea why that's occurring? We do, Michael. We have three reasons. One of them is simply uh, better dating of pregnancies. With the more readily available use of ultrasound, we can now date pregnancies more accurately early on. And so some of the rise can be attributed simply to better appreciation of the duration of pregnancy. There are two other reasons. One is the rise in multiple pregnancies associated with fertility treatment. Uh, We all know that women who have multiple gestation that often follows fertility therapy often results in a preterm birth, whether it's twins or triplets or even more. What most people don't know is that a singleton pregnancy that follows fertility treatment also appears to have an increased risk of preterm birth about two times higher for a fertility therapy single baby than would be the case for a spontaneous conception. Does anybody know why that is? No. It is a matter of great uh, interest and concern. The fertility therapy uh, physicians are aware of it, and they are trying to make sure that women who are facing fertility problems are aware that this can be a complication. But I think uh, women really, whether they have fertility problems or not, the American public really underestimates the problem of prematurity. Most people think it's wonderful what they can do in those uh, intensive care nurseries. (laughs) And it is, but it's not always wonderful. The third reason is of a uh, mixed blessing in that physicians choosing early delivery over continuing the pregnancy in conditions that threaten the baby's health late in pregnancy. Twenty years ago, the uh, approach was almost always to continue the pregnancy as long as possible, as close to term as possible for fear of preterm birth. But because the nurseries do a good job with moderately preterm babies in general, and because sometimes conditions in late pregnancy can be unpredictable, leading, for instance, in the case of someone who's had some bleeding where placental separation is suspected but not confirmed, leading the physician and the family to choose delivery at, say, 34 weeks or 36 weeks, uh, four to six weeks ahead of the due date, rather than to risk a sudden change in the mother's status that might cost the baby its life. This is very controversial and very difficult because it does increase the rate of preterm births, but it also, this approach, decreases the rate of stillbirth. So we have this uh, debate going on on a, a one patient at a time. Is it 
safe to continue the pregnancy? Should we allow this pregnancy to go a little further? What are the risks of being delivered now versus the risks of having a stillbirth? I have a question about this. I think I read some statistics that the stillbirth rates were actually decreasing in the United States. That's right. Now, then what you're suggesting is that the decrease in the stillbirth rates may be related to deliberate decisions across the United States thousands of times a year to actually have a preterm birth rather than risk continuing the pregnancy. Is that correct? That's correct. The other issue, though, is that this approach sometimes is used by families and uh, pregnant women and their physicians to justify a convenience early delivery, a situation where for whatever reason, the, the physician and the, and the patient decide, wouldn't it be nice to have this baby this week rather than next week? When you talk about early, do you mean actually premature? Usually not premature, but sometimes. And those kinds of conditions where the blood pressure is mildly elevated, uh, where the baby seems to be doing okay, there's really no immediate apparent risk. But those can be used sometimes to justify a mildly early delivery. Our colleagues in neonatology are very concerned about this because they see babies who enter their nursery with mild prematurity but who are uh, in the nursery, in the intensive care nursery even, for many more days than the usual one to two or three days after a normal birth. Uh, they don't see the stillbirths. They don't feel that pressure that the obstetrician feels. Stillbirth is our ultimate disaster, our ultimate failure to do our job. Not always our fault, but it always feels like it's our fault. So there's a medical conversation to be had about this, and there's also a social conversation to be had about this, because the public doesn't fear premature birth. They don't push back against having a mildly early baby. Some women think it's, hey, that's great, I just won't have to be pregnant any longer. And of course, this is really not appropriate. It sounds to me as though the actual rise in fertility treatments has actually affected this national statistic. Yes. That is amazing to me that there's enough fertility treatment impact on the premature birth rate? The major effect of fertility treatment is via the uh, conception of what are called higher order multiple gestations, that is triplets or more. And the techniques used by fertility physicians can be managed somewhat to reduce or minimize that risk. That's been aggressively pursued in Europe to reduce the possibility of triplets or, or higher and in recent years has actually been pursued as well in the United States. But triplets, for instance, have a, a 75 to 80% rate of, of preterm delivery. About 50% of twins are delivered preterm, and twinning has gone up tremendously over the last uh, 25 years. Are the Europeans able to reduce the risk of twinning? They are because of the way they govern, literally uh, regulate the practice of medicine. Uh, we have, a, as you well know, a more open system, and we have much more public pressure on the part of couples who are facing fertility problems to push or urge the fertility treatment clinics to do everything they can to be successful. And everything you can do sometimes includes uh, variations in the technique that might increase the risk of twins and triplets. It's a trade-off. It's a trade-off. Uh, higher fertility success also means higher multiple pregnancies. That's been the ethic. However, in, in the last couple of years, there have been advances in fertility treatment in terms of the number of eggs that are going to be put back into the uterus. Control of that number it can be quite successful. There are also other techniques that I'm not really expert in uh, that can be used to minimize the, the rate of multiple gestation. 
So I, I think it's fair to say that the fertility community is working on that. Unfortunately, as I said, the, the general public is not particularly afraid of having an early birth because of the constant uh, images on in the media about how well these micro preemies do. <laughs> uh, and, and there are, some, of course, some, some amazing success stories. But what are not featured in the media are the tragedies that we witness all the time of the extremely small infant weighing uh, just a little over a pound who struggles and struggles and struggles for a long time before finally passing away at several months of age and just destroying the, uh, the family uh, who had you know, tried so hard and hoped for so long to have a baby. I want to thank Dr. Jay Imes, who's been our guest. We have been discussing the epidemic of preterm birth in the United States. I'm your host, Dr. Michael Benson. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Please visit us at ReachMD.com. Our new on-demand and podcast features will allow you to access our entire program library. Be safe. Be informed. Thank you for listening.